Not Your Power Couple, Ken and Carol Cook, are not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests or even our listeners. The information contained on this program or website is not medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. We always encourage you to do your own research. Hello, Colin County. This is Ken Cook, and I'm here today with another episode of Not Your Power Couple with my wife, Carol. Hi. And we have our special guest, Daryl Day, who is here. Welcome, Daryl. Hi, Ken. Hi, Carol. Good to be here. We're glad you're here. We're glad to have you. And Daryl's here today to talk about his run for Congressional District uh, 32, and, you know, he wanted to come on and talk about um, the reasons why you should consider voting for him. And uh, we're just going to dive right in and ask Daryl to, you know, Daryl, just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, talk about your family if you want to, how long you've lived in the district, and, you know, why you want to represent the people of District 32. Sure, sure. I've lived in the district for 20 years, been real active in the community, real active in the Republican Party. Uh, I've been a business owner for 25 years. Uh, I've got four kids and four grandkids, mm. and uh, we've got uh, we've, we've got a, a Fun time at Thanksgiving. You are, you are very blessed. I'm very, very blessed. Thank you, God. And uh, I'm, I'm running because I'd like to inject just a little bit more common sense, some pragmatic solutions mm-hmm. to the crazy morass in Washington, D.C., which, mm-hmm. which most people know is out of control. And most Americans know the country's in the, heading in the wrong direction now. 70% of Americans say that we're heading in the wrong direction and I'd just like to bring us back to the the common sense, simple principles that made this country great. Yeah. So let's. I'm going to give you the chance to tell the voters your stance on what you feel is wasteful spending by our government and how you will address that um, when you get elected to office. Okay, wasteful government spending. I, I don't think we have three hours to address <laughs> it. Sure. <laughs> okay. But a $33 trillion deficit obviously it's, is insane. It's out of control. Um, and the, the real problem is that it doesn't bring any benefit to the American people. Right. And so, you know, if we had a $33 trillion deficit and we had bullet trains and great roads and great bridges, you might say, well, that was too expensive, but okay. We have a $33 trillion deficit and nothing to show for it. Right. That's mm-hmm. the obscene thing. Um, I, I want to uh, attack it by a, Zero-based budgeting, which is um, it's a it's a business term. Most uh, government agencies, actually all government agencies now, take last year's budget mm-hmm. and then they just add three or four or five or six percent to it mm-hmm. every year. So it just keeps, keeps growing. growing. Yeah, it keeps growing. Instead, I'd like to start every single government agency from zero. Zero-based budgeting means every government agency comes before Congress and says we should exist for this reason. And we need this budget, and this will bring benefit to the American people. So basically, they have to justify the reason they need this money instead of, oh, I already got all this, and we want more. Exactly, gotcha. exactly. And and justify their very existence right? as well. Yes. So um, now there's no appetite in Congress for this approach right now, but we have to start. And one by one, and, and I'm, uh, for 25 years, I've been in a business that brings people together. 
So bringing people together into a coalition that supports this will be a very, very important facet of my tenure in the U.S. Congress. Great. All right. So talk to us about energy security. What do you see as energy security for our nation? That's a, Energy security is a, is a hot topic these days. Sure. All of the above and drill, baby, drill. <laughs> we've, we've got an administration right now that seems to hate fossil fuels and wants to pin everything on uh, renewable energy uh, and, and wants to force all of us to buy EVs. Look in Chicago right now. It's mm-hmm. cold outside, and there are hundreds of EVs that are stranded, stranded. at Sitting. power stations. Yeah, I did see that the other day. I mean, um, you know, should we make uh, cars as energy as efficient as possible? Sure, sure, sure. And we all want clean air and clean water. All of us want clean air and clean water for our kids and for our grandkids. But this knee-jerk response and the hysterical stance of the current administration to the uh, so- so-called climate change is endangers our economy, endangers our energy security. So I'm I'm from West Texas, so I, I'm I'm from San Angelo originally, um, and you know the Permian Basin has oil for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. And we have several friends actually that are in the oil industry, and I find it interesting. Um, when they put it into perspective for us, and this is now what I share with other people, like you can't just flip the switch and turn off oil. You, people don't understand. It's not just the price of gasoline when you're filling up your car. It is everything you use or touch during your everyday life is either manufactured with or delivered by a petroleum product. It just is. So that is a huge factor into why things are so much more expensive these days because we aren't we, we're not allowed to drill for our own oil. It's, it's, it's insanity. Well, you're speaking about reality. <laughs> and one thing that the left does right now is ignores reality. And for example, we, uh, we talked just briefly about EVs and they think, oh, well, that's, you know, that's the panacea. Well, lithium requires strip mining to get the batteries. Mm-hmm. How do you dispose of the lithium batteries in a, in a responsible way? Right. Meanwhile, they think that the the electricity for EVs just magically appears. No, no, a lot of it is generated by coal-fired plants. So it's not like, oh, an EV is completely pristinely wonderful for the environment. So, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at reality here. And you're, you're talking about how Texas has hundreds of years of oil preserves. For God's sakes, let's use it. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, so when we were talking before the podcast, you mentioned how crucial American manufacturing is. Uh, how do you see us moving back to having products made in the USA? Right. Uh, we desperately need to bring everything back to U.S. soil. I mean, mm-hmm. right now we are very vulnerable uh, in that we require a lot of things from China, from our pharmaceuticals to critical parts of, of computers. Mm-hmm. And we've got to bring all that, all that in. We need to make it easy again to do business in the U.S. Uh, Trump started on that path by getting rid of a lot of regulation. Mm -hmm. And we need to continue on that path, make it easy to do business in the U.S., but the miles of red tape that throttle U.S. industry. Let's bring manufacturing back to the U.S. and let's bring those jobs back to the U.S. It's interesting that you say that. I'm going to step in real quick because um, I I did this actually a couple of years ago. 
I took my mom to a Bucky's. She had never been to a Bucky's before. How she went that long without <laughs> having been to Bucky's, I don't know. I, I bet she's a fan now. She, well, she's a fan, but uh, you know, we're in there and all the great Americana patriotic stuff that they have in their store. I double dog dare you to go into Bucky's and try and find something that is not made in China. It's really difficult to do. I purposefully picked up something that I was a tra- I, I would like to buy this, turn it over, made in China. No. It's it's I was like, "Wow." I really started paying attention to it then. It's very difficult to walk into any store and purchase something that is made in America. Right, right. If if we cut some of the regulations, we can start manufacturing those things in the US and and also the consumer has mm-hmm. to start asking for it and you know, go to managers of stores and say, oh, I wanted to buy this, but it was made in China. Well, yeah. why, why don't you just keep it? Yeah. <laughs> and for me, having worked in healthcare for so long, my thing was, you know, just how many of the raw materials we need for pharmaceuticals and stuff are made in China. Like, that seems to be an issue that would, you know, could be a potential problem if they just withhold that one day. Right. It's like, a good luck. It's you know? a detriment to us. Good luck. We, we are very vulnerable. Yeah, very, yes. very vulnerable to that. So, so, um, yeah, that's a very important issue. Uh, you also mentioned before the podcast how important supporting law enforcement is and having a secure border. Now, those are two separate issues, but they really do go hand in hand. Uh, talk to us about both, how you will support law enforcement and work to secure our border, because it's that, a mess. That, that is a great question. It is a mess, and we must, we must, we must defend our southern border. And us sending billions of dollars to defend Ukraine's border while we ignore the invasion of our border, is unconscionable. Mm -hmm. We have to rein this in immediately. And it is linked to security, because if Mexican cartels are pouring across the border and fentanyl is pouring across the border and sex trafficking is pouring across the border, that impacts everybody's security in their neighborhood. I mean, if um, we are really playing with fire because mm-hmm. it's c- people from countries yeah, all over the all world, over the world. pouring uh, through, the, through the border. I saw recently that there were um, 30,000 young Chinese men yeah. of military age that they had apprehended at the border. How in the world did they get to our southern border? Yeah. How in the world did they cross our border? So President Trump had the right idea. Uh, build the wall. I intend to vote to fund finishing the wall. We have to finish the wall. Now, that's not, you know, the only answer to our immigration morass. It's one step. The yeah. first the first step is controlling it and then we can figure out how how we want to go forward controlling our immigration. And 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 we want well-educated people with good English skills coming into our country, mm-hmm. not just every Tom Dick and Harry that wanders across the Rio Grande. Yep. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about education. You'd mentioned uh, educational freedom. So what does that look like to you? Well, we need school choice because we can't allow kids in poor performing schools to, to just be trapped there. Mm-hmm. Parents should have the ability to move their child to an, another school district, another school where their child can get the education that they that they need. Uh, another part of this kind of gets back to what we're talking about, the budget. Right now, so many school districts have you know, just an army of paper pushers that are taking care of the federal regulations mm-hmm. from the Department of Education. And if every single paper pusher is a little bit less money for a teacher to better educate our kids. Right. 
Okay. Um, I've heard you speak at a few meet and greets, which I had an opportunity to see you at a few. Um, I've heard you talk about being pro-life and how important upholding constitutional principles are to you. Would you touch on that for us? Well, you know, there, there was never a right to abortion in the U.S. Constitution. Let's let's start there. Um, at the same time, we, we need to protect both the, the, the mother with better health care and also easier access to adoption while also recognizing that 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 is a child and we we can't pretend that it's just a lump of cells that's that's not true a, a child in the womb with a different dna than its mother sitting there sucking its thumb also means it needs to be respected so mm-hmm. we 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 can't forget about the health and the life of the mother but we also can't forget about the life and the health of the of the child mm-hmm. So, Daryl, thank you for coming in today. Um, Let's share your website information and how people can contact you and see you at upcoming events. And then, of course, if you've if we've missed any topics that you want you would like to speak about, now's now's your chance. Okay. Uh, Anybody listening, I'd I'd ask you to go to dayfortexas.com, day f o r for texas.com. If you want to dive into the issues a little bit more, or if you want to volunteer, if you want to donate, we'd love to have you on board. Uh, we've we've got a rapidly growing army. We've got over 130 volunteers already signed up, and we would love to have you as a as a new volunteer. And we've also uh, we've been endorsed by nearly 90 GOP precinct chairs. So we are building the grassroots army to take back this district. And we, we would love to have the, the more the merrier. And anybody who wants to help, we want your help. So can you also elaborate on the general location of District 32? It is spread out. It looks like a, uh, an octopus. <laughs> it does. It, it goes as far north as Murphy. It goes as far south as Bulch Springs. And then it's got an arm that goes along um, George Bush all the way out to uh, Highway 35. So, but, but generally, it's East Plano, Murphy, East Richardson, uh, Mesquite and East Dallas, and then uh, there's l- little b- parts of Carrollton and Addison. So, wow! Yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. When you look at it mm. in the map, it does. Okay. It looks like a just disjointed. It's so it yeah. It takes about <laughs> 20 minutes to drive from one end of CD32 to the other. Now this is Pete Sessions' old seat, and currently occupied by uh, Colin Allred, uh, who is um, he, he's one of those Democrats that talks about being bipartisan while voting as a far, far, far left ideologue. Mm-hmm. And he is vacating the seat so he can go get crushed by Senator Cruz. So this is an opportunity for GOP pickup. Okay, great. Well, thank you for coming in. And, um, you know, I will make sure that I put all of the, the notes for your website and how to find you involved in, in our show notes. And uh, just want to thank you again for coming out and sharing your information and we hope that we want you to share this with as many people as possible because we'd really like to see you uh, sitting in Congress the, this next year, this time next year, actually. It's, so It's been great talking to you, Ken, Carol, and, and I might disagree with the name of your show because I think you two are a part of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, thanks again, and we all uh, are grateful that you tuned in to listen to this episode of Not Your Power Couple, and we will see you uh, soon with another guest. Thanks. Have a great day.